0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. I'm your host, Em Robertson, and I'm so stoked that you're tuning in. It's a new year, 2024, people have got some new goals, some big dreams, and life is just exciting. Today we've got Coach Kwerbus Faree on the podcast. Uh, he's from Stellenbosch Triathlon Squad, and this is a man with a lot of experience, with over 25 years in the bag of coaching multiple athletes from cycling to running to triathlon koebus has successfully seen loads of athletes complete um, half ironman and full ironman distances he coaches runners year in year out to their pbs on the half marathon and marathon and he's just generally an incredible coach with lots of experience to share so we're super excited to have him on the podcast today to talk to us about how to plan our year to prevent things like burnout, how to plan your race calendar, and just give yourself the best opportunity to toe the line and chase down those dreams. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Shell Culture. Um, I'm so stoked to have Quibus Faree on the podcast today. It's very strange for me to call him that. I just know him as coach. Uh, this man has over 25 years of coaching experience under, under his belt as well as some very impressive race, race titles and um, yeah, just experience. And he was my first coach. So I feel super honored to have him on the podcast today. I don't actually know if he knows he was my first coach. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, he's been coaching <laughs> runners and triathletes for almost 20 years and has represented South Africa at the World Duathlon Champs three times as well as representing South Africa at the 70.3 World Champs. And Cuevas has a long, successful sporting career. I cannot believe how many half marathons you've done. That is literally insane. 150. Probably more since...
1: Yeah, I must actually update that. Um, that was when we started STS nine years ago.
0: Oh, my word. Okay, so in the last nine years, how many more some, marathons and half marathons?
1: close to 180 halves. Oh. And... I think if I'm not mistaken, close to about, um, sure what seventy, yeah, about seventy full marathons.
0: Oh my word! And and the half Ironmans. I mean, other than being on the sideline watching your athletes <laughs> do them, how many of those? Uh,
1: well, if you if you just take the seventy point three distance. Um, Isla Muscle Bay was actually my 25th 17.3 event. No ways. Um, the full full one. I'm on eight. Um, missed out a few, obviously, in COVID and yes. just taking a break. Okay. But yeah, oh. no, it's um, it's awesome. I really love it. Yeah. No can't, coach, can't, I'm not gonna stop soon.
0: Yeah. This, so this, I mean, anybody. If if we're talking experience, I think you are one of the most experienced, if not the most triathlon experienced triathlon coach. In South Africa, um, you've got... No. Hey? You don't no, think No, so? wrong. There's, <laughs> am there's, I wrong?
1: there's a lot of guys that's very much experienced and awesome at what they do. I don't think I'm alone. Okay. I think we've got a very healthy coaching body, fraternity group in South Africa.
0: Okay. Of people who know what they're doing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But um, in terms of... Yeah, just experience, achievements, working with people, working with athletes. Um, if you work with Coach Kribus, you know that you are in good hands. So welcome, Coach. And I hope that everyone enjoys the episode. And Coach, before we get into all the experience that you've got, I actually wanted to chat to you as Quivis Co- the athlete, first, <laughs> because I know that that influences a lot of what, what you do, how you coach. Obviously, that plays a big role. And I actually don't even know this, but how, how did you get into this sport?
1: Ems, I'm actually, um, I was, well, I am very fortunate. My brother and my father was extremely, extremely good runners. And when I was seven, year, seven years old, my, my brother used to, to run and I used to cry because I couldn't run with him. And then my dad would drive behind him in the car. And when he turns around to, to go back, he'll drop me off and I'll do the last part, last part running and just hanging on for dear life oh, till we get so home. Cool. So that's where everything started it for me. I mean, I started running at the age of seven.
0: Seven! Wow, yeah. that is amazing.
1: And after my second comrades, um, well, before comrades, uh, something I would not advise to anybody is um, get your knee injected with cortisone to do <laughs> something like a comrades. Um, you learn quickly. You you're young and you naive, but I'll never ever in my life do something if I'm not hundred percent prepared for it. Okay. And um, from there, I went to a bio in Paul. It actually, got me into the pool. Say, listen, this is. Uh, It'll be good training for the knees, and yes. cycling is, is good for the knees. And that's pretty much where it all started. Um, Unreal. started swimming at uh, just over 20 years of age, so that was like a, a proper challenge. Yeah. To, to learn to swim properly. <laughs> now, some 20 odd years later, the swimming is, I love it. Yeah. But yeah, and then I started in going into the sport in modern pentathlon, where you do a a thousand or at that stage if you're open category you do a two thousand on the track you sure. get and it's all worked towards points and then you have got a nice break and then you go for a swim in the pool which is only a hundred meter swim which obviously oh. uh, i never Ooh. scored well <laughs> not being a good swimmer but yeah and then from there just progressed into duathlon which is the winter form of triathlon it's uh okay. it's a Standard distance, you say, ten k run, forty k bike, and a five k run,
0: yeah.
1: And then from there into your normal triathlons. Um, went did, did a few international um, races where I p- represent South Africa, which is really nice. And then from there, just eventually got to a point where the Ironman yeah grew a lot in South Africa, and and the window was there to to do some seventy point three races, half Ironman races, and full Ironman races.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. And at what point in your journey did you start (coughs) coaching people?
1: Um, I was young, uh, just finished school, and just started working. And I wanted to use the school's track to train on. And I went to the headmaster and asked him, "Sir, you know, may I use the school's track?" And he said, "Yeah, sure, but I want someone to help my kids with athletics." And well, and I like slightly raised the hand and said, "Well, I don't mind at all." Yeah. And they actually. Paid for my first athletic course through ASA, and that was in August in the year 2000.
0: Oh, wow!
1: And it's nice to work with kids, and you know, they want to do everything they want to swim, they want to cycle, they want to run or not cycle, that place play play golf or soccer or cricket or athletics. They want to do everything, and that's a nice thing you need to actually allow them to do whatever they want to and, and just support them. And when they get to to a certain age, you need to have the the talk with them, like, okay, you know, this is you're really good at this, yes. and now you need to choose between a winter and a or a summer and a winter sport, and then you still want to guide them. Yeah. Um, but being fortunate, working with kids, it, it, it teach you a lot, a I lot of imagine. patience. Yes. Um, and as soon as mom and dad gets involved, it's easy. You can say, well, um, if you get involved, I'm not going to help your son or your daughter which is not a nice thing to say, but it's the best for, for, for the kid and for his career in sports.
0: Yeah, just having that outside perspective, I think yep. parents can be too close sometimes. Yep. And um, <coughs> coach, you, I mean, you've been coaching now twenty twenty four, twenty five 24, 25 years, you, we've spoken a, a little bit about a lot of your results, but how, how do you stay inspired as a coach and an athlete? I think one thing that really strikes me with you is consistency rain or shine whatever the case is you show up for sessions and i just knowing how motivation works i'm like how what's what's the secret
1: <laughs> i think a passion for the sport and a love for what i'm doing if it's either swimming cycling and running i must admit uh, swimming in the winter is not my favorite although i love swimming but yeah. you getting up in the mornings to go and do a swim yeah but in any case it's just yeah, it's a love for the sport and it's yeah. a healthy lifestyle and that's the nice thing about the multi sport is you can always do something. Yes. Now, if you've got a niggle from running, you can still cycle or swim. If you've got a needle from swimming, you can still cycle and run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a healthy lifestyle. And it's, for me, another thing that drives me a lot is to see how children react to parents doing sports and how sure. they look up to their parents and want to do what they are doing. Yeah, that's that's just amazing. It just drives you to keep on going and do what you do and love what you do.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. And coaching motivation that side. So you, showing up for your own kind of training <coughs> is one thing, but from the coach's perspective of you work with a lot of athletes, and we're gonna get into what that looks like just now, but. Coaching motivation. I mean, helping people reach their goals. I know you work with everybody from like an elite level down to somebody starting with their first triathlon or first uh, run. Some very green athletes. And does that you stay motivated with that quite easily?
1: Yeah. Again, it's. I think it comes down to passion. Uh, There's there's nothing more scary than an athlete coming to you and starting off with a try to try program, Um, and that program leads up to a six to a seven hundred swim a 20k bike and a 5k run and they haven't even done that and they come to you and say do you think I can do do you think I can do a ironman <laughs> and then you go yes sure you know good training I can get you there and then the next question, and, and no, what about full ironman <laughs> and you go like hey easy now yeah. but yeah you can do it yeah and then a month down the line you get a you get a call coach I've got a big dream oh what's that no, I want to go to Kona. Now Kona, oh, for you really? guys that don't know, that's the the pinnacle of triathlon. That's the be all and end all is where everybody wants to be. And that's the world champs, that's in Hawaii, Kona. And then you go to your athlete, you know what? I think you can do it, but give me three years, please. You know, let's yes. let's wo- let's it, it's a process, it takes time, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. But let's work towards this. And if you can get the buy in of your athlete and the commitment, and then they show you they'll do it in eighteen months.
0: Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, but it's it's little things like that that motivate you, and that people that don't think they can do it, just get them to start believing themselves.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that's
1: a powerful thing. Yeah, it's yeah commitment, consistency, and passion. It's
0: yeah, it's
1: got some some good stuff to have.
0: And I think. For you seeing the the type of athlete that you get, but like it, you've, you, I'm sure you've worked with athletes who they want to do a half Ironman, but they've never ridden a bike properly, you know, in their life, or they swam at school, and that was you know five ten years ago, and seeing that person <coughs> transform as a as a person as well,
1: For Emily, not not just young young people. I've I've had the privilege of working with two fifty year olds. Oh, wow. Bucket list. Uh, yes. We can run, but. We can't swim from the one side of the pool to the other side. Um, and just to show you our commitment, um, we've already entered for Ironman. I don't have a bicycle. i um, got a pair of running <laughs> shoes, and so I can run. But yeah, again, that commitment to to what they want to do, I think, comes through from, from the running. But again, getting that, that athlete to do their first sprint triathlon, their yeah. first standard their first half, and when they go over the line at, at a full Ironman event, it's priceless. You get so emotional. Yeah. And then just for just for the fun of it, they actually did the, all three races in South Africa that year. They did the East London 70.3, uh, the full Ironman in March that year, and in June they did the 70.3 Durban. And just because they came two weeks after that, they did Comrades.
0: Oh, my word. But
1: yeah, that, yeah, like I said, getting them to finish, it's yeah. priceless. No, nobody can take away that feeling of accomplishment yeah. for me as a coach. And I think if you ask the athlete as well, that memory will stay with him for, forever and ever.
0: Yeah, and I think there's so much about sport that um, like flows into the rest of your life and that belief that comes as you learn to do hard things or do new things. Uh, yeah. There's other areas of your life where I think things start to fall into place and change just because your whole—not only physically you've changed, but emotionally you've pushed through some tough stuff. You've done things. You've pitched up for swimming <laughs> in winter. You've done all the, the <laughs> steps. Uh, you fell off your bike because you don't uncleat at the robot. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I've seen some 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 good cyclists do that as well. Ask me. I've done it a few times. Uh,
0: yeah, I was like, I'm trying to think if you ever <laughs> saw me do that. I can't remember. Luckily not. Um, and. Coach, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to, we're going to jump around a little bit now. No but, problem. Um, so for those who don't know, Cuevas coaches with SDS, Stellenbosch Triathlon Squad, started in 2014, yes. I believe. yeah. So next year, 10 years old. Yes. I can't believe it. And I think the unique thing about Stellenbosch and the town where, where we are and where Cuevas coaches is that it's a student town so you've got this cycle of students who come through they come in they join STS (laughs) for whatever reason if it's to be more proficient in one sport or to train for triathlon and then as students graduate and some of them leave some of them stay but um you've got a large volume of people not just students but also young working and older joining you everything from 18 year olds to to people with families and the 50 year olds with a, a dream and a bucket list and um I think Across the range, you've got an extremely high success rate of getting people through the 70.3s. I saw, we just discussed it earlier, it was a 100% success rate. It's not quite, but I believe it's like 99.8. Yeah, I would
1: almost go 85, five nine. 85,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> of, of getting them through. And I mean, getting all of those athletes over the line... Different different ranges, different places in their life. I mean, what is how does that how does that work year in year out of that success rate?
1: Again, I think it it comes down to investing in your athlete and get your athlete to to trust in you. I don't want to say hundred percent. I want to say two hundred percent. And and it's nice when your athlete buys in on on the whole journey mm-hmm. and are willing to do the hard work. Um, the previous. Uh, Muscle Bay event was just the conditions on the day was extremely, extremely yeah. tough. Out of a field of uh, three and a half thousand people, a thousand one hundred didn't finish. And oh, that's wow. I would really that's say high. that was just conditions on the day that was extremely, extremely tough. Yeah. This year, out of a field of two and a half thousand, about seven hundred. Obviously, those mm-hmm. includes numbers that people that didn't start and didn't yes. finish, obviously. But again, um, it's it's getting the athletes to buy in and and commit and um, just follow the program as best as you can and adapt the program so yes. that it works to their lifestyles.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard an athlete where I really needed. Well, let me rephrase. I had an athlete this year where, with a month ago, I told her, um, "I think you must withdraw from Muscle Bay because you're not you're not getting enough cycling in." Yeah. And she said, "Sorry, coach, but I can't. I can't withdraw. I'm not going to get anything back." And I said, "Well, my goal, then the next month you're going to cycle till it comes out <laughs> your ears." And yeah. I was very fortu- fortunate; she was my last athlete to finish at Muscle Bay. Yeah. And I was there when she finished. She did uh, seven hours and I think fifty-seven minutes, which is a yeah. long day, but it's a long day. Yeah. But the emotion when she finished, yeah, uh, it was priceless. Yeah. And the messages afterwards of um, I was touched, I didn't realise, but her mom actually messaged me afterwards saying, thank you very much for acknowledging the people at the back, not just the people that wins. Sure. And that's powerful. Again.
0: Yeah, that's a big thing. The it, The glamorous side of elite racing and sport, we all love it, yeah. seeing those records get broken, but um, there's there's just as much value and stories oh. and background in the athletes in the back and middle pack.
1: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And. I think um, you guys have, so I know you coach alongside Vicky Van who is now, I don't know how to say Vicky's new surname, Bueta, Bueta. That's good. Um, And you guys, we spoke about the volume now and I know it feels so strange for me sitting here also coaching and talking to like the coach in my mind or like my coach but how do you manage with all the athletes you've got, you've got a combination of, so there's there's I mean, I think last time I checked, SDS had 16 sessions a week of swimming, cycling, running, gym. And then on top of that, you've got some athletes are on, online. Some of them join for in-person sessions. And it's, one, I could never know how you literally would remember what exam I was writing that week. Uh, it's just so many people and you would ask me, good luck for this exam. or I was like, how do you remember that? But managing all of them... Um, and the difference between having eyes on the athlete or not. So that's kind of what I want to get into now. So,
1: Yeah, the thing is, um, sometimes there's so many people and I can't remember all their names. Uh, but it's important to acknowledge every person that's at training, even if you just say hello. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll try my best just to remember a name or to remember something about a specific athlete. Mm. Um, we, we've encouraging this year. We were very fortunate. We had two interns from school science. Nice. And I think um, in the beginning it was daunting for them, but just seeing them grow and you know asking them just to learn one name a week yeah. and at you know a session and just say hello to that guy. And if you if you if you miss that person by the you know the next session is asking, hey, where were you? Yeah. Uh, with the online athletes, the funny thing is the further. They are away from me the more I talk with them or the more yes. I want to see them. Uh, and then, obviously, the one on one sessions is also, even if you, if you take a program, a personalized program, and you join the, the group session, you, you'll quickly get a look if you're not keeping to your program. And, <laughs> yes. and, and, and I might even ask every now and again, Emily, you know, I, I can see you pushing. How are you feeling? Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a combined effort from all the coaches. I think at Salimbostra Athlon Squad, uh, we try to be present. We try to focus and stay in the moment when when we do group coaching. Yeah. Um, cycling a little bit more difficult. Um, with the running, it's easy because you you can look at the guys, you can see their facial expressions. Yeah. Well, like I said, on the cycling, a little bit difficult, and, and in the swimming, even more difficult. Yes. Uh, we try to be. Um, not just only one coach on deck, and it sometimes happens, but we try to to be there and help as best as we can. Yeah, and just give the best possible value for for all the athletes.
0: Yeah, and I think that teamwork is so important. I mean, you guys have got each of you have I uh, probably like more of a speciality or a thing that you like, and I'm I'm thinking about like Jono being at the pool and Orvick yeah. being in the pool. Like you guys are either. Doing, doing the session, watching the session, managing it. Um, oh. Yeah, I think the teamwork and the hands-on, that's always something I've really admired of STS. Yeah, I
1: must say, I mean, I think you remember there's there's quite a few sessions, specifically to the running sessions, where I actually join in on the running sessions. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's it's nice to coach within the run sometimes because yeah. when you're standing and someone is running, you can't always see what they're doing. But if you, if you run past them, if they run past you or... If you're on next to them or behind them, you can actually see a lot, and it, it's nice just to sometimes, uh, you know, don't look down, look up. Uh, yes. Or I can see you overstriding. Just make that stride a little bit shorter. Don't worry yeah. about it now, but in the cool down, focus on it. Yes. You know, little little things that you do, again, that adds value to the athlete's experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for for me as a one of the older guys in the group, it's always nice to. When we're doing repeats, either for but whatever distance repeats we do, is that second last one. Oh, and oh.
0: then you just give the the youngsters a run for their money. Yeah,
1: because they don't <laughs> expect it in the second last one; they're waiting for the last <laughs> one, and then the last one, curves just relax. Oh my <laughs> word! But it's again, yeah, that we will get to that as well. But it's having fun. You need to have fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about athlete planning and programming and mm. burnout. I think we mentioned the kids wanting to do everything uh, and some of us never uh, stop with that. It's like we, we just want to do everything the whole time as well. Mm-hmm. I remember struggling to focus on one thing at a time. Um, and in terms of eyes on your athletes, Coach, do you, like, do you feel... <laughs> I can t- I can imagine that in the beginning maybe it's more of a thing teaching good habits but in terms of the online or in person coaching where do you see more improvement would you try and make sure that you're seeing an athlete at least for some training if they're online or is the online coaching as long as you've got the check-ins and seeing it, like chatting to them enough do you feel like you've got a good grip on on where they're at
1: Yeah th- I think the guys that's taking online Programs, online coaching, and that do have the you know if you do if you're very fortunate and you can see them every now and again, even if it's just after event which I start doing now to make a point of it to just get them to talk me through the races as well. If you if you can can get them in training every now and again, or if you're fortunate enough to go and do a swim with an athlete once a month or a sea swim or join them wherever that that's fantastic. And even with my online athletes that I don't see. I do want a little bit of face time at least once a month. If, yeah. I mean, you check in weekly, but once a month, maybe just, you know, like a 5 to 10 minute face call because you can tell me you're fine, but when I see you, you look yes. tired. Yes. And then then the question comes, are you really okay? I mean, mm. the stats doesn't show show that you that you're tired and fatigued, but I can see you Something's tired. Up, yeah. And um, yeah, it's sometimes getting the athlete to to give you that feedback and say, "Listen, um, i maybe i've didn't sleep well or I'm a little bit unappreciated work or whatever the case is, and you actually need to factor that into training um you need to have the holistic approach and and look at the athlete not just not the old person, just not the athlete and and what they're doing so yeah eyes on for me it's not just eyes on looking at someone mm. but it's also keeping close tabs on them on how they feel how they are they how they look if you can even just like I said do a little bit of face time with them
0: yeah. And just, I can imagine you know, getting to know an athlete, you start to learn their patterns, their routines, what stresses them out outside of the sport. Mm. Like, training mm. is one stress in itself. And then when to tell them. Like, I think you've got some athletes, if they miss a session, they try catch up, they freak out, and you need a well timed whoa from your coach. Uh, and then other athletes <coughs> being like, listen, like that, that athlete you had, you need to sit on the bike. For the next month until it comes out of your ears. It's like learning when to push and when to hold back. Mm. Yeah.
1: Definitely there's definitely a time and a place and sometimes you need to a little bit you need to show a little bit of tough love. Like, yeah. like Chantel, <laughs> my gorgeous wife, I mean she's out of twenty five half iron men, she only missed one. Wow. Amazing. But in any case she will quickly tell you, I love all my athletes extremely much. Or yeah. to the ends of the earth. But when it comes to coaching specific times, there's no empathy. You, yes. You need to do the work. There's yes. no shortcuts. Yeah. I'll support and I'll help, and sometimes it's a good thing to say, "Listen, not not today. Yeah. Just take it easy today. Just do yes. do a 30-minute walk for me. Yeah. That's going to benefit you more than trying to kill yourself in a session where you've got intervals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember actually so clearly um, that my first session with STS. I had no idea what I was in for. I'd done some track at school and I was actually more of a hockey player, swimmer, I didn't explosive stuff short hockey you sprint mm. I don't know 20 meters off the ball. and I remember so clearly the first session. one I was done after the warm-up. I don't think I'd run <laughs> for 20 minutes consistently ever. and then we did these hill repeats there just next to the cricket field. Oh. I don't know if you remember this and, Oh yes. Uh, we did I think the set was like, we're going to do three sets of three uh, and you run. It's a hard, like a two minute hill and then you jog back down to the start. And I, I'm very competitive and I went out like a bat out of hell. And after the second one, I lay next to the, the, where the start line was and I just couldn't get my breath. And I remember so clearly you came over and you introduced yourself and then you said um, we had a long chat. But I didn't do the rest of the session. I literally almost passed out after two hill reps, did the cool down. And you said to me, give it a year. You were like, There's no shortcuts and I remember thinking, A year for an eighteen year old, a year is like so long. Uh, you know, I know I wanna I wanna be be fast now and then just sticking with that journey with STS and that consistency, there are no shortcuts. No. Um, yeah, and I think I kid you not, it took a year before I was comfortable with the sessions, before I could do the twice-a-week speed, the once track. And that was just from the running side. I only pulled in the swimming and everything a bit later. But yeah, it took a year, which I think, yeah, I'm sure you have athletes come to you and they say they want to do this in, <coughs> in two months, t- a half man, in two months time. No. Yeah, exactly. And I think actually a quote from one of the books that's in front of us right now is that the best, the biggest favor a person can do for themselves in terms of preparing for a race is to give themselves a the gift of time. Oh, yes. Um, And managing that Coach, like with with new athletes Getting into the sport, I mean, other than me Lying on the side of the, you know The field, (laughs) wanting to vomit uh, What is the most common mistake You see with your athletes starting out When they get into endurance sports Hmm. Strava (laughs) Strava (laughs)
1: Yeah, but Emily Emily is running 200 kilometers A week, why can't I do that? Oh wow. Yeah. I'm just using you as a simple yes. example now, but Gubis, how, you know, how long mm-hmm. have you been running? You no, know, I've I've only been running 2 weeks. So, you know, yes. uh, yeah, that, that's sometimes the thing that I've got that that frustrates me a little bit because you get guys that start out of the, out with a sport and I think they've got a long life in the sport but they want to go quick fast slow yeah. Everything in exactly 0, yeah, zero mm. to 100 to yeah. 0.1 seconds. And it's sometimes to get them to just, there's a good book, but just to chill a bit mm. and relax and get them to realize this is not a this is not short term thing, this is a long term thing. Um, yeah. It's easy to get someone to go fast, but it's difficult to get them to go slow.
0: Yes. And a,
1: and a nice example that I use for my youngsters is um, specifically when it comes to, to running as I compare them to a turbo like yes. you use in cars. If you take your time and you put that thing together and you talk all the screws and bolts and nuts and eventually when you want to use it, it's going to give you this amazing performance and you're going to yeah. exceed your wildest expectations. But if you if you don't take the time to make sure that everything is tight and fast and, and, and working 100%, as soon as you start using that turbo, yeah. you're going to blow it. Yeah. And that's exactly when it comes down to training. I think... Um, to get the guys to go slow and build a nice base and 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 um, again mm. get themselves mm. fit to yeah give themselves the opportunity and time to do good at something
0: yeah yeah
1: but yeah, and then th- I've actually one of the podcasts I like to listen to podcasts there was a, a very clever I think it's a doctorate that uh, um, explained the principle of dose. Mm. and that's the right, right amount or the right dose for each individual athlete. Yes. Where something might work for you, but it's never going to work for the next athlete. So you need yeah. to find the right dose for every, for every specific athlete. And his, his example that he used is, you've got a headache. Yes. You're going to take two Panados. Do you think it'll work?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if you take four, do you think it'll work better? Mm. Mm, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: But if you take 10, <laughs> do you think that, uh. do you think that's going to work better? Yeah. Definitely not. No. So again, it comes down to you need to work with the individual, what works for them. Yeah. Get them stronger. So I would say the biggest mistakes I see the guys is not giving themselves enough time to prepare for something mm. and getting in a rush to do something fast, very quickly. Or like you said, you know that athlete that comes to me with, I want to do an Ironman in two months. I quickly said no, but it all depends. Yeah. The dread it, depends, but it depends on the athlete. You know, if yes. it's an athlete that's been active and trained a lot and is just looking for some guidance for the past two months, yeah, yes. To
0: sharpen up, yeah.
1: Then you can help them. Mm.
0: But yeah. if you've never been on a bike.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's just, don't set yourself up for failure. Yeah, yeah.
0: And kind of managing those <laughs> those athletes, I think with the the squad setting, something I loved so much is that you you get you have other people to push and to chase, and there's there's actually three groups in the squad. There's like fast, medium. Um, I, I don't like saying slow, but fast, medium, less medium, um, or like the so fast, group. Faster and very fast. Yeah, we go. And I remember so clearly for so long. I was like back of the medium group, and then you get to the front of the medium group, and I had this like dream like i want to run with the fast with the fast guys and i remember you saying to me but emily but why why do you want to run with the fast guys and then you you don't like you've got i remember be telling me once 12 is a long time rather like finish your session have the even splits and and also the fast group changes depending who pitches on the day it could be like niku and francois and then that fast group is just super fast super fast yeah or it's um yeah, you join the fast group, but it's within reason. And I think you're getting me to not compare myself. So to use the squad as a motivation in a healthy way, as opposed to don't be in competition with someone who's in a different training phase, has a different goal. Um, yes. Yeah, and managing um, that with athletes, do you find yourself kind of reminding people of that quite often?
1: Yes, there's. The, I mean, I've, I've done sessions where it's individuals that doesn't take a program, but you can see... Like they're struggling today, and when you walk up to them and say, "Hey, hey, mm. how are you feeling?" Yeah, and you know, I can see you pushing hard, and then you quickly get, "Yeah, but I was sick for a week," or and then it's, "Hey, take it easy. Don't be yeah. so hard on yourself." And it's exactly what you're saying there—that all depends who's at the session. Um, If Just whoever's at the session, it's going to be an easy <laughs> session. But yeah, it it's sometimes and that's that's where it comes with the eyes on as well—is that you can see when an athlete is.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, I knew what you, or I know. What a certain individual can run if you've if you've been there consistently, and all of a yeah. sudden you see that person is not there where he's supposed to be, it's just to step in and say, "Hey, take it easy today. Yeah. You, you might be a bit tired. A long, you know, it was a long day, whatever the case may be. But yeah, just get the guy to you know just take it easy. Next time, next yeah. week, we can go hard again.
0: Yeah, you can just look after yourself today so that you can show up uh, mm. tomorrow, mm. the next week, and. So for example, I know something we've spoken about, I mean, 150 half marathons before things got updated, it's probably closer to 180 or more now. Um, And I know a lot of people come to you for, I want to hit a specific PB on a 10K, a half marathon or a full full marathon, whichever kind of distance you you choose. And prepping someone for something (laughs) like that, you've got eyes on, you know what they should run and... That belief, because I'm going to use, okay, let's use like the 10K uh, or even the half marathon. Like you have not all time goals are created equal. So it's like a lot of people start off, okay, I want to go sub two hour. And then the difference between going sub two hour or going sub 90 minutes or sub 120 is quite different. It's not, I feel like you don't progress as fast, like to go from say a 2.15 to a sub two hour, you will, if especially if you haven't run, you will improve just by the fact that you have some structured training, but then how long it takes to shave off minutes, the faster you get, it takes longer. Um, but prepping for some, someone for something like that, like one, how, how do you go about that um, with a PB time? Because I think people put so much pressure on you know, my run or I'm only as good as the time that I ran. And sometimes pushing them to be like, listen, you need to get your butt into gear and get that sub 190 you can do it it's a it's a block that you've got or kind of gently being like let's just see how it goes it might not be this time but next time we'll we'll get it.
1: Uh, so I think firstly you we actually gave the answer there. Um, I do believe that you need to give yourself the best opportunity by giving you enough time to prepare properly for something. There, like I said there's no no shortcuts and then the second thing is be consistent in training. Uh, try to minimize the risk of injury because that's st- stuff that takes away consistency. Mm. Um, the closer you get to the event is to or your race, I would say is to train specifically to your race um and not just the race but the profile the profile of the race, the, the demands of the race and then getting the mind ready to 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 do the race or get the demands ready for for the race and uh, There's little things you need to make sure that your nutrition and, and hydration is on point. Um, yeah, And then what I do specifically in, in some of my sessions, it, it's not nice to test all the time, you know, to test every eight weeks. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot, but you do have test sessions, which yeah. the athlete doesn't always know about. Um, just to give you a good example, I've had an athlete, I've been working with him for four years now. Four years. Mm. He went from a four and a half hour marathon to a 313 in Cape Town marathon this year. We were aiming to um, go sub three. yeah, And unfortunately, on the day with the conditions, with the wind blowing, it just wasn't that fast. yeah. And his test session that he did, or his test run that he did, was in a long run where he built it up nicely. And towards the end of the run, he did three times 20 minutes. Uh, 20 yeah. minutes over or slower than race pace, 20 minutes on race pace and then 20 minutes slightly faster than race pace. And yeah. he executed his 20 minutes faster than race pace, almost with five seconds per kilometer faster than race pace. Wow. And once, you, once you've once you done that set, you know that your athlete is ready and he's, he's capable of doing it. But yeah. now you need to get the mind ready yes. for the demands of the race to get him there. And, and sometimes it's, that's the difficult part is to get the athlete to believe in themselves. Like, yeah. I will say the guys, if you, if you just can believe fifty percent in much yourself is what I believe, because I know you're ready. I know you've done the training. I know you're ready for it. Um, obviously, there's a aspect of of mileage which you look at. You want him to do a certain type of certain amount of mileage, and that's also individual. Mm-hmm. You get some guys that um, I've got a, a youngster now that's got a challenge. He wants to do 365, um, three hundred and sixty-five, three hundred and six, three thousand six hundred and sixty-five. In other words, the days of the year, but in 1,000 yeah. kilometres.
0: Oh, of running for the year? Yep. That's a lot of yeah. running. <laughs> so he did
1: 140 k's of running last week, um, yeah. we're slightly behind, but we're breaking it up. And the, the challenge for me is actually not doing the running,
0: mm.
1: it's getting the time to run.
0: Yes.
1: But he'll do it. Yeah. I'm 100 per cent convinced he'll, he'll do it. And I'm then looking very much forward to next year, because mm. we've got some good goals for next year. Yeah.
0: That's so cool for me. That's a different goal. I haven't heard of something like that. And I know people come to you with dreams of like they follow the kind of classic. My, my first this, my first that, progressing. Okay, then time goals, then like category <coughs> places, and then something like Kona maybe. But having, I mean, you must have athletes come to you with all sorts of crazy stuff <laughs> that keeps things fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And like I said, if you're not if you're not gonna enjoy what you're doing, if you don't love what you're doing, then it becomes difficult.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, on the enjoyment side of stuff, um, Coach, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about about burnout, but making sure that it is still fun, that your athlete's having fun. I think as sometimes as athletes start with something and then uh, raw talent is discovered or they're actually much better than they thought they would be or whatever the case is, and then it becomes more serious sometimes. It's like, okay, but now I'm going to go for this time or I want to win uh, I want podium or I want a podium or whatever the case is and do you see do you feel like people lose that spark or how do you keep them being like remember why you love this sport
1: yeah you need to find your why
0: mm.
1: and sometimes you you need to tell your athlete hey listen it's um I've, I've had some working athletes that's doing phenomenal stuff in their sport and you constantly need to remind them hey it's not your sport that's paying your bills it's your work, <laughs> yeah. and just remember, your sport is your happy place. Yes. And if it's not making you happy, then we need to sit and we need to reassess because then something's wrong. Um, obviously, there's guys that's extremely competitive, um, yeah. and that 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 competitiveness is is very close for me because at the end of the day, my athlete's results are all my results. Yeah, uh, sure. um If they podium, that's my podium. Um, mm. If their failure is my failure. So, again, it's, it's it's a difficult one, but it's finding new ways every time to just incorporate a little bit of fun and just sometimes enjoy it and sometimes tell them, hey, um, it's lucky to tell the girls, hey, take a week off, go for a period and a mini and get your hair done and yeah. grab your girlfriends and go for a glass of wine and just yeah. enjoy it. Just, you know, just don't think about training for, for, for a week, a week yeah. God, and just... Sometimes you know when they get back from the week, you can see like, no, nah, okay, they they find their love for it again because they're missing yes. it so much. Yes, but it's difficult and it's unique. It's every person's got their own, oh, their own little bit of joy that they're getting. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just from from distressing from work or just getting out there in nature and enjoying yeah. the trail and just looking at the mountain, how beautiful it is. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like I said, sometimes you need to remind the guys that. This is the reason why you do this. Yes. And um, normally before event, I don't like to put pressure on my athletes. So my final order request <laughs> is to go and have fun. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Just sometimes you know when you're going like flat box, just mm. take ten seconds to look to the side and, <laughs> and and look around.
0: Yeah. There's people cheering for you. There's a beautiful view. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And even I think uh, one of the cool things about STS, I remember as the sessions, the autumn sessions, then you kind of midway through your session just before the cool or just before the cool down and you get these epic sunsets oh, yeah. and it's like, you, you're working hard, like, Oh, like <coughs> what is it? Those mile repeats on Gutenberg <laughs> and you like want to pass out, but all of a sudden you come around the corner and there's this mountain and the sunset and, and other people are suffering with you, but enjoying it and chatting. And yeah, I think that that yeah. squad vibe is, is really awesome. Mm. Um, and Coach, something you mentioned earlier, um, just kind of going a bit more into the the science of training with triathlon. Obviously, there's a lot of volume um, that you're getting in across three sports and in gym as well. But um, the big a big like buzz buzzword or thing at the moment is around low heart rate training. You know, is is this? Uh, it's should I be training? I think a lot of people say polarized. In my mind, it's actually more of a pyramidal approach to to the the heart rate training. Should I train on RPE? When am I allowed? Some people, I've had an athlete recently tell me, no, my heart rate is just high. It will always be high. It doesn't matter if I go slow. So, so what do you say?
1: First of all, if you're going to start talking science, uh, can we book the next 10 episodes, please? Because <laughs> We're
0: definitely going to need to have you back. I can see we're not going <laughs> to y- get y- to all of it.
1: You're going you're gonna to get me in and we're going to get lost <laughs> in science. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a scientist, but I love the science part of it. Uh, when it comes to specific now, like, you know, there's there's new models that comes out every day. There is now an mm. hourglass model, which is actually very interesting. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, specifically more to super endurance runners, to ultra runners, okay. where mm. they will do a big base, so your, your model will be an hourglass sh- shape. So in other words, more in the middle of the program, they will do a little bit more speed work, a um, little bit more VO2max, and then towards the event, you'll start adding volume again and dropping intensity. And where it actually works great okay. for a specific individual. Yes. It's not it's not it doesn't work for everybody, but again. Yeah. Um <coughs> so I quite I follow quite a few scientists and if, if you if you're gonna mention then there's like hundreds of them and they all do have valid points and, and it's nice and nice to listen to them and actually Form your own opinion, and uh, if it mm. works for you, if it worked, then you've learned something. If it doesn't, then move on and and and, yeah. and do something else. So for me, it's very important to to try to stay on top of science as best as I can by reading as much as I can, which I still feel I'm not doing enough. Yeah. You always want to read. Uh, I don't. I'm not a big TV person, so whenever Chantelle watches a movie, I'll sit next to her with a book. Nice. Um, yeah. So I do a bit of metabolic testing at the sports science lab Mm. physiology lab and and it's nice to get the guys in there specifically if it's the guys that's more serious they want to do it they want to see how hard they can push and what the numbers says and what the physiology say that you're supposed to be able to do or not to do Um, I'm fortunate I can use inside testing Um, Mm. I'm a bit lazy with that but that's also very very interesting that's where your You can get a reading on your VLA max, your fat max, um, Mm. how it correlates, what you can do better to get the one better, what you can do to the other one get better. Um, FTP is not everything. Yes, definitely. Um, Lactic threshold is not everything, but it's it's good to have a combination of everything. So coming down to heart rate, specifically heart rate, I do love heart rate training. Um, I've been with a a specific brand that's very heart-based. and that's the Polar product. They they always believed in their their units as heart rate number one, and then tech later, where mm. some different brands has got more tech than heart rate. Uh, so going into into heart rate training, I do believe that if you go over a certain amount of heart rate, that physiologically, it just you're not getting you're not gaining the benefits yeah. of the training that you want to do. And again, if you only look at heart rate, there's so many things that influence it. Mm. Um, what you eat, what you drink, what you sleep, how much you sleep, do you get good sleep, bad sleep, yeah. Um stresses at work in your private life, yeah. We've got a flood, you're stuck in your house, you can't go out, all the little things that actually can influence it. So there's I would say heart rate and a good RPE scale is for me mm-hmm. a very good indication of effort. Yeah. You do occasionally get the persons that or the the individuals that um just can't get the heart rate up, and then I'll ask them. Listen, don't don't stress about it, mm. but just you know keep it at an RPE scale and and don't force it. Or yeah. it's just one of those days, like I said, where today you pitch and the legs is not there. There's no point in trying to kill yourself on an interval session. Just go rather do a half an hour easy run for me. Yeah. So in general, with interval work, I prefer time over distance. Okay. You know, keeping paces to certain amounts of time because. Yes. If you only listen to heart rate and if you only look at heart rate, then you might miss out on certain adaptations that you can gain from it. Mm. Um, For your long rides and your long runs and your recovery runs, I prefer heart rate 200%, just listening to your body.
0: Yeah, seeing where it's at, where the system's at. yeah.
1: And even if I can use myself as an example, I did Cape Town Marathon, unfortunately I didn't finish. I was lucky enough to get A hamstring strain, and I decided on 21 case oh. it's, it's safer to, to stop here and, and think about tomorrow.
0: Yeah,
1: sure. I did another race after that, got hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, did muscle bay and your ambitions of muscle bay racing or doing a good time went from a good time just to finish and have fun. Okay, and I did have fun, it was a tough race, but I still enjoyed it immensely. Seeing all my athletes finish was amazing. And I only started running last week. Um, now I mean. I can I mean you know I can run pretty fast. Yes. I'm not this is, I'm not tall and I'm not don't have long legs but this legs can move. No,
0: so they can. You can to, gas all of us. Always that last four hundred in your
1: Just to give you an idea, so I've <laughs> been running from last weekend Monday, half an hour uh, today at nine kilometers an hour. That's a pace of six forty per kilometer mm-hmm. which four minutes running, one minute walking. So taking it very easy, building it up, this yeah. week will be forty minutes. Yeah. And next week I'll move into a nine minute run, into a one minute walk. And once I've progressed through there, and this is all keeping heart rate extremely low, because that's yeah. the point. And obviously this time of the year doing a little bit of base work. Yeah. And then from there I'll progress into some some other sessions with a little bit more speed. Um mm. but there's like I said, again it comes down to there's no shortcuts.
0: Yeah. No, and it's nice to hear the coaches doing and a high, uh, high level athlete, at 640 pace. I know some people go how, like how, six and a half minutes a k is so slow. And I'm I'm like, is, but look at it. I don't mm-hmm. like comparing us to other athletes, but I'm like, look at what the pros are doing, especially if that's your, your goal. You know, I want to go pro. It's like I don't I haven't met someone yet with superior physiology to everyone else where they can keep it easy nope. at three and a half minutes okay what race pace you know and mm. I think it isn't always glamorous the sessions aren't that That session that you spoke <coughs> about now of the where I think the 20 minute the three 20 minutes at sub race pace race pace just above you know you have to work up to those things yep um, if you put someone through that first session
1: they'll get injured yeah 100% guaranteed
0: yeah yeah and I think looking it's good to have the heart rate in combination with other things yes. and the longer you get to know an athlete or if they go through something uh you get to f- see okay mm, I I see you can actually push here this is yeah, and you know.
1: another another mistake that some of my athletes make is then uh, made is that when they do intervals they push their watches for the interval session and when I see that for the first time the next one you know mm-hmm. I'll immediately contact them and say listen please don't 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 stop your watch just lap yes. your button because that's something that we look at
0: yes some, that cardiac drift and yeah, recovery yeah, and
1: that recovery because you're going to do the session at a at a next stage Maybe this time you did ten four hundreds, next time you're gonna do sixteen, but I'm gonna look at the first first ten. Yes. And I wanna see, you know, does that heart rate recover faster in the first thirty seconds or first minute of your of your, your your recovery period? Yeah. And that's also a good indication of improvement, although you pitch up on that day and you're like running five seconds per kilometer slower.
0: Yes. You're so, recovering uh, better. You're recovering yeah. better. Yeah. No, that's
1: cool. so, yeah, so heart rate is it's, 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 uh, to me it's very important, and like I said, especially now with COVID, and the guys yeah. that got ill, like I'm, I'm extremely pro health. I mean, if yeah. you if you're gonna tell me yes. you've got a cough or a sniff or a tummy, I'm gonna ask you to please do not train. I had the, mm. I had a situation when one, where one of my elite athletes um, had a tummy buck a week before said um, triathlon champs. We thought nothing about it. Um, yeah monitored, resting heart rate, everything was perfect, nothing funny. And she did the right and she actually did very well. And just before, I would say, I think about 500, 500 metres before the, before the line, she collapsed. Mm. Um, so the tummy buck was a viral infection.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's so, so dangerous to do something if you've got a viral infection. So she eventually got myocarditis, okay. which is oh. inflammation of the heart muscle. It took her a while, but she's back to elite racing again, and she's doing phenomenally. I'm fortunate to work with. Her. I'm not working with her anymore, yeah. But uh, just to st- still keep track and following her and see what she's doing, it's amazing yeah. to know where it all started. Yeah, no, yeah. that's
0: amazing. And I think keeping that bigger picture in mind, what you said now about Cape Town Trail Marathon, is like you chose to stop now to keep uh, the future in mind. That's yeah. that's always important, yeah. and. Coach, I, this is actually something I wanted us to to focus on a lot more, and I know we we're gonna run out of time, but um, this is gonna <laughs> be our we're gonna have to have you back. I told <laughs> you Vicky. I
1: like to talk to <laughs> about stuff that I love.
0: No, and this is gonna be our first episode of twenty twenty four. Can you can you guys believe it? That's just crazy, and a lot of people are gonna be planning their their race year, their race season. We've spoken a lot about the ins and outs, consistency, showing up, giving yourself <laughs> time, but. With how do you plan with your athletes for for the year? Year is a long time. As you've as you've said, a lot of us just want to do do everything. So how do you make sure that the athlete can show up for the full year? Like what does good periodization look like?
1: Hmm. Interesting question. Again, it, the the it depends um, <laughs> depends on the athlete. I mean, if you've got an athlete that's just approaching you for for coaching and you're starting off with that athlete, it's difficult to to know what volume they've done. You. Wanna use certain software to see if you can get a history of the athlete and what they've done. Mm. Um and then obviously the goals for the year. Um again, my 150-year-old um I wanna kill him, but in ten months, ten months, he did nine full marathons, including three ultras, he did two oceans, omidam and comrades. Oh wow. Um And that was just too much. But again, we got him through the year without injury, which I think I I need a medal for.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) again, so
1: again, that's just something different. But if it's an older athlete that's been with me for a while and he's seen some of the races where he really got like good success or he did very well, then it's lucky to sit with the guys and say, okay, for next year, what is going to be your main main goals? And it's going to be X, Y and Z. And that's going to be A races. And that's going to be our focus for the year. Uh, for athletes, has been with me a while. I I get um, I, well, I like to death by Excel, <laughs> so I would go and uh, see what the the previous year, the previous two years volume was. I'm lifting the volume out yearly, yeah, and breaking it into weeks, and to to make sure that you you don't go from one year to the next year without with you know increasing too much, because then you're putting your athlete at risk again of getting an injury, and, yeah. and you need to prevent that is best as best as you can but by doing that you're going to keep your athlete more consistent um, and then obviously there's your your smaller races that you need to to do to keep him interested into and uh, in any case to to get them to stay positive and stay motivated towards their a races yeah. um, I like to work backwards so I'll, I'll um, get the a race for next year or the a races for next year and start working backwards from there um, if we in the off-season, you know, do a little base work, even if you've got a massive base, th- there's always, you can always extend by doing a little bit of base work into, into your into your certain phases. Um, I do a different range of models, uh, like my, paraly- uh, my polarized model, my 80-20 yeah. block periodization, um, like I said, uh, some reverse periodization, which is actually very interesting, and then some of the newer models, which I'll keep in mind, and I'll I think you know if that individual comes along, you'll definitely be able to to try it and see if it works for them. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's um, I would say setting 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 the goals, um, getting allowing yourself enough time to get your goals, and then from there work backwards. Just Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, just it's I think the the best opportunity you can give yourself is to allow yourself enough time to be 100% prepared for something. Then yeah. it just goes so much easier.
0: Yeah, good for consistency, uh, good for confidence. Yeah, I hope
1: that answers, answers your question. If
0: No, it does. I uh, think working working back, and I like that, um, I mean, you say you plan your year and then you say which, which races are the focus. Because I think sometimes when you build up to only one thing, um, I've seen it this year, I, I almost want to say that's my mistake that I've made is Sometimes I um, I don't want my athletes to race too much. They um, but then they only choose say one a race and then you get the stomach bug, something happens, you lose your job the week before the race and then the race goes. Extremely disappointed. It's bad and then or you don't start and then you've got eight months or a year of training and then you didn't even have a start. Um, As opposed to okay, how adaptable is this plan? You know okay this happened. Let's make sure. Is there another a race that we can focus on? And we're we're going to say no to this one for now, uh, to keep the future in mind. And again, remembering, I think that races are are there year in year out. I've had athletes, the to oceans. Let's look at that <laughs> comrades, where the number becomes so important. Like I want ten back to backs, you know. And then sometimes it's like, at what cost, you know? Yeah, no, um, it's
1: it's so important. And, and again, the, you need to you need to keep them realistic and and uh, manage that expectations. S- specifically, even if you look at like a UTCT. Yes. I mean, uh, I remember the one year where Ryan Sands just got to a point where he realized that today is not the day to finish and he actually DNF'd. Yeah. And some of the other athletes saw him and thought, no, they're going to go on and they eventually ma- missed the cutoff, which is heartbreaking. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's you need to have something to keep the guys motivated for ultra right, athletes during the winter it's it's a little bit challenging yeah but then you you focus on your half marathon times yes. or um you know getting that goal for a half marathon is sometimes the focus of this next training block yeah um oh so it's it's challenging especially like like i said you you do want to you need to keep it positive you need to keep it fun you need to keep it interactive you yeah you will learn you'll see that's yeah. it's interesting and sometimes you need to say no and sometimes you need to say yes yeah and i think that
0: that is such a wise thing as a coach like where do you you say yes to the athlete, you're you backing them all the way and you encourage yeah. them but then a, a well-timed <laughs> no is, is still you backing them and believing in them but you you're far further away enough from whatever goal or fkt or time to see a situation for what it is i don't know no mm. one likes to hear the word no from their coach mm-hmm. uh but I think that's there's a lot of wisdom in I'm saying no now to either keep you in it or keep it fun or keep the future in mind. I think yeah. that's really what I've taken yeah. from chatting with you, Coach. Last final question. Sure. I know. Uh, so this is always a fun question that we ask because uh, it's more trail trail athletes, but it's it's what is your favourite trail and why? And I know you always used to know when I snuck mountain <laughs> sessions in before speed work because I didn't have legs to do speed the following <laughs> week. But I know you know some of the trails in the area. So what is your favourite trail and why? I
1: would I would say Gutenberg or it's just because we've been in the mountains behind Gutenberg so much and doing mile repeats there and sometimes just Doing runs there, doing some ugly hill repeats <laughs> that breaks <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say behind Gutenberg, it's it's so beautiful. I mean, I think we've got some of the best trails in the world. Um, mm. Even even going into Yonkies. that's I've had the privilege yes. of cycling there a few times. I do a little bit of mountain biking. Yeah. And then uh, some of the trail runners that cycle with you, they say, Yeah, you must also, You must actually come and run up here. <laughs> So yeah, I, I do it. believe that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll but go for a travel. I would say soon. I would say Christian but yeah, I actually wanna a steady shake out. I need to Yes, uh yes. I I'll tell Doctor I told Chandra that I just need to come and you do see come the and vibe? join it. Yeah, just yeah. join it. Just go and have fun. And
0: you're gonna see all your athletes sneaking in extra sessions there. Oh, I don't wanna know about it. <laughs> Coach, thank you for your time. We're going to have to have you back. There's so much still. Uh, We we need to pick your brain (laughs) on the science, speed work. We need to get Vicky in here and talk to the SDS coaches. But yeah, thank you for for joining us. And we look forward to having you back.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Really exciting. Um, Looking, I would wait for the next invite. i would gladly come back.
0: Okay, thanks coach. There you have it everyone, some really valuable insights and advice from Coach Quirbus of how to plan out your race here, giving yourself enough time to prepare for an event, the value of group training, and yeah, taking a little bit of a dive into some of the science behind the work that he does. We'll have to have him back to dive literally just into his training methodology and the ins and outs of, of coaching endurance athletes. Hope you guys enjoy the episode and we will see you back here next week for our next one.